Before the turn of events in this telling of the gospel, the listeners of Christ's wisdom were at his feet. They were alert and they were docile. This is the posture, both physical and mental, of Mary, the sister of Lazarus, drinking in the rich draft of heavenly outpouring of the Son of God. A nourishment of soul that being received with faith and love has the power to transform a man's life. The sacred discourse which poured forth from Jesus' lips has a transformative power when it's taken in with humility and love. The very same words of Christ falling on a hard heart will make no such good impression. the latter being the reaction of the Jews in this gospel, sneering, scorn, rebellion, hatred of Christ. But there is another responsiveness, and this is that of the greater Mary, Our Lady, which shows us what can be done when one ponders in the heart the words of God. St. Luke tells us, Mary kept all these things in her heart, pondering them. Openness is the key word. It means that one has to let go of held obstructions and step back from preconceived ideas about God and spiritual things and even about the things of this world, to allow God to instruct us as to life's meaning, His nature, and what we must do in order to be saved. It's having God on His own terms, so to speak, rather than on our own. Our faith tells us that we are nothing and that God is all. This is the ground truth, the foundation for making a willing change in my life. God will direct me. He will reform me and make something beautiful and holy out of my wretchedness only when I begin to turn over the controls of my life to his hands. The great project of changing a self-centered, ego-driven, sensual, and willful person, such as we are, into a holy and God-fearing man of God is no mere human effort. It must be the grace of God, an outside agency that can so affect the obtuse spirit 
and make it cry out for God's love. God will ravish the heart. He will conquer and reshape a life, but only if he's given leave to do so. All depends on this docility and openness, the willingness to let the light of Christ into the frightening darkness of a self-enclosed soul. Prayer here is not so much our speaking to God, of informing Him, but of being formed by Him. We must want God. We must say to Him, Lord, do not allow me to put barriers to Your grace. A grace whose potency and effectiveness can recreate a sinner such as myself to be a saint. In order to make such a miracle, it's love that has to open the way for acceptance. Where there's love, as we know from our experience, where there's love, there's a mighty force that drives us forward to meet the object of its love. Unless one loves God in a responsive reflex to his invitations, there will not be a thrust, a drive to grasp Christ, to embrace him, and to allow him to change us. St. Paul writes about love in today's epistle. We all marvel at love, how it attracts us, how it motivates us, making us become either good or evil according to the objects it chooses. But nobody can live without love. That is to say, no one can be alive and not love unless it be a kind of living death, a life closed off from love. To love Jesus is the best of all loves. It draws us out of the narrow confines of ourselves and transports us to the heights unattainable to one who does not know Christ and the power of his grace. We need to be good students of Christ. The word student means not just a learner, but a zealous and eager one, like the two Marys, like the first hearers of Christ in the synagogue, of the gospel I just read. Like the many saints of the church who gave God access to their thoughts, changed their opinions, inflamed their affections, and did not refuse his initiatives. Jesus, I trust in thee is a popular motto that we need to live by 
and to love by.